Hello and welcome to Better Words. My name is Caitlin and I blog at Just a Bookish Babe. Hi, I'm Michelle and I blog at The Unfinished Bookshelf. So thank you for joining us today. Um, I have to talk about Taylor Swift. (laughs) It is very current. I'm sorry, I just have to. So I'm sure by now, even if you are not the biggest Taylor Swift fan, you have seen the music video for Look What You Made Me Do and probably Look heard the do. new song, dot, 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 ready for it. Like, no, Taylor, we are not ready. Oh, my God. I've been freaking out for, like, weeks. It's amazing. I am so here for the new Taylor. Oh, my God. Everything, like, I'm sorry, everyone is always going to analyse everything she does, but at least she gives us something to analyse. That's true. Yeah, what's your take on all the Taylor haters? Just, like, the reason that they've been doing these things is the reason that, you know, she does these things. If everyone just kind of left her alone, she just released music like a normal artist. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, the 15 Taylors at the end of the music video for, like, oh, my God, all the theories about how, like, there's one for each song – and oh, like, I haven't heard any of the theories. Yeah, you're not as into it as I am, but really, I'm um, not. Um, I'm so here for all. Oh, I'm so here for it. I'm so here for everything. When I was watching it the first time, my mouth was like on the floor <laughs> the whole time, and then at the end, where she's like, "Oh, what are you doing? Oh, stop being so fake. Oh, you know, I'm getting receipts. I'm gonna edit this later." I was just like. Yes, yes, yes! <laughs> I was so here for it. I jumped up and ran and got my sister and we watched it again immediately. <laughs> oh, it was just amazing. Amazing. I'm really, Sorry, I'm I'm really glad need... that you're, like, so excited for it. I, I think so I love excited. seeing you that excited. I'm it's so, really cool. Yeah. I'm so excited for new music and, like, I am just – And, I mean, you know – Whatever you think of Taylor Swift, you've got to hand it to her. She can write a catchy song and that she stays so in your head. Smart, yeah, so smart. Everyone's like, "Oh, she's being like this and whatever." It's like, no, she knows exactly what she's doing, and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. God, what I wouldn't give to like be on her PR team or something. <laughs> like, oh, it'd be awesome. So, what else have you been kind of doing lately? Well. Actually, it's a little bit in theme because I just finished reading Genuine Fraud by E. Lockhart. That was one you were really looking forward to, I was it? really looking forward to it. I have read We Were Liars That's like a really ages good ago. Book. It's really good. Um, I don't even think I really knew what Genuine Fraud was about. That's the best way and to like, go into a book, yeah, I think. it was so interesting. I like love the, the cover too. The cover is really cool. Yeah. Mm. And like um, there was actually, I saw Alan and Anna posted a little trailer that the US publisher made and it was like, oh, this woman like cutting her hair. It was oh. awesome. I'll show you. But um, yeah, <laughs> and we'll link it and everything. But um, yeah, it's just really cool. And the whole story, like it's so, it's so strange because like you sort of read it and you're going, oh, what's happening, what's happening? And then a bit, like about a third into the book, I got super confused and I was like, oh, really? where is it going? But I was like, I was just confused because it like wasn't making sense or whatever. But, you know, that's like part of the mystery and part mm. of the drama or whatever. And then as it sort of kept going, 
you like understand like oh it was so cool yeah. especially towards the end like the very end when it was yeah oh it's definitely God. one I it was really good yeah I think you'll really enjoy it it's such a good <laughs> book I think this is going to be one that people are talking about like for the rest of the year like it's going to yeah. be one of our big you know a big well we were liars year. was that yeah you know exactly everyone was talking about that this is better yeah yeah oh, awesome or oh, definitely add that to my ever-growing list um so that was your holiday reading yes I actually read the majority of it on planes that's if you need a good book for the plane that you literally can't stop reading yes it was really good because you just wanted to keep going to get to the next bit of the story it was good for that so another book that I remember reading (laughs) so another book that I remember reading and really enjoying on a plane like I started it and I got through most of it on my plane trip uh, a few years ago was The Sky So Heavy by Claire Zorn and that's like a bit of a post-apocalyptic like nuclear winter sort of thing but oh, once cool. you start like you would really like it and in fact your brother I think would really enjoy it as well um, but once you start it you're just like oh my god what's gonna happen so yeah you need a good book that you can just like sink into yeah yeah, yeah it was really good to read on the plane actually yes and it's I really, really enjoyed it. Definitely recommend. Yes. Genuine fraud. Okay. <laughs> um, so my holiday reading was one I've been kind of meaning to get to for a while um, but hasn't been like one I've seen in stores or anything. So I got the ebook version of it and that is Unconventional by Maggie Harcourt and it's a UKYA novel. Actually, mm-hmm. um, one of the bloggers that I mentioned that I really enjoyed Lucy from um, Queen of Contemporary. I remember seeing her review and um, it sounded perfect to me. And then um, I was reminded of that because she's got a quote in the book cover, like, or, oh. you know, like in the first few pages of the book. And I was like, oh, yes, that's right. That's why I picked this up. It was because of her recommendation. So it is set with this girl who her and her dad mainly like her dad runs conventions and she's always run them with him and so they're like comic-con sort of fan conventions and at one convention she meets this guy who's a bit of an asshole and later turns out to be like this author whose work she loves oh that's Um, funny yeah you know what that just made me think of like in the fall in our stars when they go to meet What's whatever his face is like, whatever his name is, and he's they like love his book, and he's yeah, like, and he's a ridiculous yeah. idiot. Yeah, this is kind of the opposite though, because she doesn't like his book isn't out yet when she first meets him, and then he writes under a pseudonym, so oh. she doesn't connect the dots until she goes to. It's this really funny scene, and it's not too much of a spoiler to tell you this because this is, I think this is covered in the like, blurb, but like there's this yeah. really funny scene where she walks in and she's like. Oh my say to this author I love him so much and then he, he turns around and she's like oh shit like it's you god oh. and then she's like oh I have to deal with him now so um it's as really you can probably funny. guess there's a bit of romance in this um but it's about a lot more than um conventions which I think I was a bit worried going into it because I'm not like Yes, I get excited about, like, Harry Potter and stuff, but, like, for example, you're much more into, like, Marvel movies. I don't really watch things that really have a fandom except, you know, I love the Beatles. Um, But I was, like, worried if it was going to be too much for me. But she does a really good job of, like, conveying the idea of the convention but also, like, all the the behind-the-scenes stuff 
um, and it's about a lot more. It's really about discovering who you are and one of the challenges that Lexi faces is that, you know, is she going to follow in her father's footsteps or is she kind of going to do her own thing? So it's definitely like you don't have to be a fan, you know, Comic-Con regular to enjoy it you can definitely enjoy this book it's actually one of the sweetest contemporaries I've read in a long time I got really excited for the romance and yeah perfect lovely sweet like holiday read just adorable yeah really cute like um you know no filter like I was talking about last week just like a really sweet contemporary and the other exciting thing about it is a lot of it is set in places that I'm going to visit so there's like an Edinburgh section and a York section and because they travel around the yeah, they travel with oh, convention, cool. which is really cool. But then it's like some places like Brighton and stuff, which I'll be like hoping to to visit briefly. But yeah, that was yeah. kind of awesome. I was like, oh, I'm going there. So well, yeah. Speaking of all the British things, yeah, I have to tell you. So we are um, on holiday in Brisbane at the moment, and um, last night we did go out for dinner, and then we were like, oh, let's have a bit of a girly night at home, and we watched Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging, which <gasps> yes. is like. He was so hilarious in that olive costume. They are sex gods. Like, oh my god, we. How many times do you think you watched that movie as a teenager? Um, I don't know. Like it's imprinted on my brain. I was like, we were oh, watching maybe I'll maybe I'll read a bit. And Caitlin was like, why are you going to read while the movie was on? I was like, I literally know. Every bit of this movie. Yeah, I know, but like, enjoy the movie. I did. I ended up looking on Instagram and stuff because yeah, I can't just... like focus. Oh, it's the it's problem so... of the millennial generation. It's can't... a double screen. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, this movie is so good. I freaking love it. it. Yeah, it brought back a lot of teenage memories. Like, I just watched that I movie know. over because it would have, I was about the same age as they are, like 14, 15 when it came out. So yeah. it definitely was like the right age group for me and um it but it's just so like the fashion choices as well in it like yes. we recognize like the hairstyles like Robbie's hairstyle yes, and the Zac Efron swoop, swoop. yeah uh, um yeah for like hairspray era to yes Zac Efron, which is 2009 which is when the movie and came like out 17 again yes Zac Efron. yeah um and just some of the outfit choices were definitely like yeah that certain trends that were big then yeah, like, um, like um, vests over t-shirts yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely did that. Yeah, in, in Rockhampton. Yeah, know. yeah, I know. So yeah, I. Um, the thing is though, watching it now as adults, um, and Georgia as, makes some terrible decisions. Yeah, as adults who have entered the dating scene, um, yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing to watch again and be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like they make so many she terrible does, choices. She does so many terrible things. And she is actually and to try and a get pretty shitty person at in some points. I mean, yeah. the point of the movie is that she learns and she grows. And yes, of course. It's still wonderful. Yeah. But, yeah, and looking back, I'm schemes, like, oh. The schemes don't work. No, exactly. But, like, I feel so sorry for Dave, who she uses to make I Robbie know. jealous. That's – never is, do that. Dave the laugh is so funny. And he is actually a little bit cute. Like, it's – it just – it's sad and – that was actually another thing I noticed is that like sort of um, – it's probably been a little while since I've watched this movie, but um, mm. when I was, you know, actually 15, like they are in these movies, I never thought that 
Tom, like the other brother, I never thought that he was very attractive. I think he's the hotter one now. I think he's now. attractive now. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've grown out of the classic Zac Efron swoosh <laughs> and like Tom, because I've always thought that he looked older. I always forget that they're supposed to be twins. Yeah. I think it's, do you think it's because he's a bit taller as well? Yeah. Yeah. And he's also, taller, and now I think shoulders. that because he doesn't have the stupid teenage haircut either. Yeah, exactly. He's so. got nice shorter cut hair. <laughs> nice shoulders. Like, yeah. Is oh, a bit taller. Also, have to say, Alan Davies, so good as the daggy oh, dad in I this. I love it. I love him so much in this. And I never appreciated, um, I don't know what her name is, but the girl who plays Livy, the youngest yeah, sister. Yeah, I'm not sure what her name is, but she's, she's so cute. She's so cute. Oh. oh, my gosh. So then another movie that we watched together, um, which actually I'm so surprised you had never watched because yeah. it was another one that I watched over and over and over again. And as I was watching it for the first time in years, I was like all coming back to me. And that was The Perfect Man, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say is the best Hilary Duff film. Mm. It came out in 2005, so prime Hilary Duff era. Oh, Mid-2000s. That How about the outfits? Though? I love Hilary Duff. <laughs> I know. Well, we did comment on the outfits. Yeah, we were, we were Several constantly. Times, yeah, all of the female characters were wearing like, Basically the same top. Yeah. Cap, cap sleeves, sleeves v-neck, V-neck, and tied up at the back. Yeah. Oh. With with just jeans and a pointy shoe. Oh, my shoe. gosh, yes. And that we were watching, it was sort of close to the start of the movie, and Hilary Duff's character is, like, walking around school. And all this time I'm like, yeah, I quite like that dress. And then she goes to a shot, like, in her bedroom, and she's, like, walking across her bedroom. And I realised she was wearing this dress over jeans. And I was yeah. like, oh. No. <laughs> With chopsticks in her hair, of course. So 2000s. Yeah. No, so it 2000s. Was, but what did you think? Because it actually has some big names in it, like Heather Locklear. Yeah, and Chris Noss, like from Sex and the City. And I'm going to say Aunt Hilda because I can't look at her without yes. thinking Aunt Hilda from Sabrina the Teenage yeah. Witch. I do love Caroline Marie. She's great. And who's the one out of Glee that you loved? Who was oh, Lenny? Vanessa, yeah. No. Uh, yes. Lenny. Lenny was um, – Oh, what's his name? Like Mike Malloy or something like that? I'm sorry. I should probably check that. Um, <laughs> but, but he was he really played, funny. Yeah, he played Kurt's dad in Glee. Just like, again, watching that as an adult who dates or has dated, I'm like, oh, my goodness, so many red flags. I know. Red flags shooting up all over the place with his behaviour. Yeah. But he is kind of like a comic relief. But yeah. also, don't date guys like that. I know. Oh. Yeah, no. I no, Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Because with a face like that, you must be an angel. Ugh. Ugh. Not a good pickup line. No, but, I mean, no. if you're listening to this podcast, you already know that. Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> you already know the best place for a first date is probably a bookstore. <laughs> Actually, speaking of which, we should just quickly share that when we were in doing some of our book shopping in Brisbane this week, we did overhear a, a couple who were kind of like on a first date and it was super it cute. It was really cute. Oh. It was yeah. so sweet. So someone write away a novel about that. It was so yeah. cute. Meeting in a bookstore. Oh, it's yeah. very sweet. It was very cute. Yeah. So what did you think of the movie though? Yes, no, it was very good. And I have to admit, this is something I've always found with like early 2000s teen movies as well. I mean, we have just talked about the fact that we do appreciate like Aaron Johnson. Yeah. But um, he definitely I, improves for Nowhere Boy. Yes, he does improve movie. with age. But um, no, one thing I've always found – even when I was younger, I never thought that, like, all these, oh, really dreamy, attractive guys were, like, I never have found them attractive. Mm. And, yeah, like, they haven't I mean, been that. 
attractive. I don't I don't know what the guy's name is, but the one that always comes to mind for this is like um, the guy in Aquamarine with Emma Roberts. Oh, it's been JoJo. so long since I've seen JoJo. Oh my goodness, it's like Baby Emma it's Roberts a blast and JoJo. From the past. Yeah. So I know, yeah, like they're like hot guy in that movie. It's like the lifeguard at the beach and then, you know, like they find the mermaid. And like, yeah. Oh. Anyway, but like that is really the best example because I find it's always with the guys that's like the super dreamy guy that like all like all the different girl characters you get. Oh, that was just Michelle's phone. Sorry. Um, <laughs> like all the different girl characters, like the dorky younger girls, like in Aquamarine mm. and like the bitchy other girls and like this other girl or whatever and it's like one guy and all these girls. Yeah. Never. Whenever it's a case like that, I'm like, no, never attractive. And the guy, like, in, the in, guy in the movie pro- is actually really cute. But he's also not like someone the rest of the school. Like he's the nerdy, no. like no. he's he's pretty dreamy in this and he also plays – Ginsburg in Mad Men. I don't know his real name because I'm yeah. terrible at research. I but I remember, like, I I watched this again and I was like, oh, of course, he's in Mad Men. So, yeah, yeah that was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. When Turns out I... this was, like, his second movie. So yeah. it's pretty early on. But he's very cute. And he has this cute line about, like, um, he's trying to make Holly, Hilary Duff, feel better and he's like oh this Krispy Kreme truck overturned and all the kids are going so crazy on that they can't even remember this embarrassing thing that your mom did and then yeah at the end of the movie when they go to the school dance together he's he, like he, he put her corsage in a Krispy yeah Kreme it's box. and he's like oh this Krispy Kreme truck overturned and she opens it and it's her corsage That's and that was really cute. sweet yeah so yeah as as much as like I can see flaws in like the characters which isn't to say that there are flaws in the movie because I think that movie does a good job of other people calling out his bad actions. Yes. Um, I I definitely was reminded when we watched that of why I love that movie. It's super, yeah. super sweet. It's very cute. Very cute, lighthearted, yeah. feel-good rom-com. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was very cute. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a bit of a wrap-up of what we've <laughs> been watching and reading. Yeah. Um, yeah, watching and reading. Those are the two words. <laughs> so... Stay tuned, we're about to be joined by a very special guest. Our guest today will no doubt be a familiar face for anyone who's been part of the bookish community in either Australia or internationally. She's been blogging for over five years and has recently started a booktube channel to complement her website, The Bookish Manicurist. As the name of her blog suggests, our guest is also brilliant at nail art, with her really intricate and detailed designs taking the bookish community by storm. Welcome to Better Words, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) That's right. And congratulations on starting a bookish podcast. It's fantastic. (laughs) Thank Thank you. (laughs) Hopefully, because, you know, we'll we'll have put out a few episodes by the time this goes to air. Hopefully people are enjoying it. (laughs) Yeah. Please let us know if you are, you know, rate, review, (laughs) iTunes. Um, so Amanda, how did you get started in blogging? Cause it's been a few years now. It has. Yeah. And like thinking back is always sort of fun and it's amazing what you sort of forget over the years. I, I'm pretty sure I discovered Goodreads, the reviewing or rating website. And I realized then that it was just people like me, just readers, like it wasn't professionals and cause I'd never thought, to 
to review a book before. I've always been a big reader and I would never have thought to sort of review on Amazon. But on Goodreads, I slowly realized just looking at YA books that it was the same people over and over again reviewing books. And I discovered then that they also had blogs. And it took me a little while to gain the confidence. I sort of thought, oh, I don't have anything to say. Um, or what would I say? Or my review would be, this book was good, the end. Like, <laughs> and yeah, it slowly just developed from there. I think I joined Goodreads in 2011. And uh, eventually I started a book blog with some friends on Twitter. Uh, we were all vegans at the time. And well, I assume they all still are. <laughs> and um we realized we all loved YA literature and we started a group blog together and that's how it started. Um, I remember the vegan YA nerds very well. <laughs> I love them. Um, and that I was... kind of miss it. I miss that cute banner. We had a really yeah, adorable with banner. with the little cats. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I sort of split off from that because as, you know, happens with a group of people, not everyone has the same level of interest or people have mm. other interests outside of it and it sort of developed into I think people always just thought it was just me they didn't understand why it was plural they yeah. thought it was just me because eventually the other three sort of stopped uh, reading and reviewing and it just sort of became me <laughs> and um, yeah so when I started doing nail art I thought it was a good time to sort of split off and become the bookish manicurist and sadly abandon the vegan way <laughs> Um, but they'll always, it, it always lives on, I think. <laughs> In my memory. Yeah. Um, Goodreads really is like the gateway drug to blogging because that's how I got into blogging as well. Yeah. It is and that's how we met. So yeah, exactly. Just, how I've met so many people actually was even before blogging. It's just, yeah, finding books and reading other people's reviews and being like, this person feels exactly the same way about this book. I adore them. Like, you know, you suddenly love people based on the fact that they either agree or disagree <laughs> on your feelings about a book so yeah, I think it's that a great is so person. true yeah <laughs> it is, isn't brilliant. it like I, I know some people hate it a lot of authors hate goodreads but I think if you're using it in a positive way it's a great way to make new friends and discover new books it really is oh, yeah so many is. friendships I mean even Caitlin and I um met in person just because we love books so yeah oh, so many so friendships um can we also get a little update on your lovely kitties as well? Because I know they used to, when you were doing Vegan YA Nerds, they used to be in like almost <laughs> every photo of a book would include one of your lovely cats. So can we Yeah, that's true. That's something that sort of, I sort of stopped doing as well. But yeah, I've still got the three cats. I've still got Mienna, Maya and Molly. And Molly was the youngest. I actually got her towards the beginning of my blogging. I we found her as a stray on the day that Lauren Oliver uh, was touring Sydney from America. And so I'll always remember when I got Molly because I went to see Lauren Oliver that evening and she's a fantastic speaker and I hope she comes back to Australia one day. Uh, so they're all still good. Molly was sick a little while ago, but she's back to being her naughty, rambunctious self. And they're just sitting around this morning. Uh, while I talk I think they're just all trying to keep warm <laughs> probably yeah. um and people can also get a little glimpse of them in your new venture which is cookery create on YouTube can you tell us a little bit yes. about that yeah that's something I thought about for a little while uh back on the vegan YA nerds and when I first started the bookish manicurist I would just do videos for a meme called stacking the shelves which was just a weekly book haul uh, meme and 
all I would do was film that. I wasn't really part of BookTube. I think back then BookTube was just sort of starting out and there were people who were growing their channels. But I never really considered it because for me, I didn't understand why you would want to sort of watch a video of a review because it tends to drag on and mm. people ramble a lot. And But I've realised now that there's a lot more to it than just sort of reviewing and it's not really – I didn't want to replace my blog with a YouTube channel. But – Recently, I've just been watching a lot more YouTube for some reason, and I thought, you know what, I really miss vegan food blogging, and I've thought for a while nail art might be something to put online, because a lot of people sort of seem really baffled by how I do what I do, <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'll just video it, and they'll see how it's, you know, it's just painting, and yeah, so I thought I'd combine the three. I did toss up the idea of having different channels, but I just thought that would be even more work trying to maintain, mm. you know, two or three different YouTube channels. So I thought I'll stuff it all together and people will either like the combination or they won't and that's okay. <laughs> well, I think it's working really well and it's, it's nice oh. um, as someone who used to love watching your Stacking the Shells videos back when we um, were first friends and stuff yeah. um, a few years ago. It's nice to finally see you again as well. <laughs> I feel like... Good, I'm glad. Yeah. No, I used to, like, I think it was, like, on a weekend or something and I'd be at uni and I was like, oh, Mandy will have a new video up today and, like, watch oh. that. And <laughs> yeah, no, it's really nice. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm enjoying your other videos as well. Like you said, like, different cooking and um, the nail art as well, which we're going to oh. talk about a little nail bit later as well. amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how did you start that? Because I know you've always kind of been into nail up, but where did it first begin? Yeah, it began, I think I got more into first different coloured nail polish. And then I suppose like with any new hobby, it's kind of like book blogging. You start reading other people's blogs and there are a lot of nail art blogs as well. And I had some friends who were really into nail art online and it just slowly developed into using different coloured nail polish and then very simple nail art. And I think it started when one day I realised my nails just happened to match the colour of a book cover. Mm. And I, it's sort of like the book blogging thing. I can't remember the pinpoint where I said, you know what, I should actually try and paint a book cover. But somehow that thought must have occurred to me. And I remember one of the first ones I did where I actually used a paintbrush and tried to paint something was the original cover, the very, very original cover of A Corner of White by Jacqueline Moriarty. And when oh, that came yeah. out in Australia, it was a really pale blue sky with a rainbow, a very yeah. small rainbow. And then, anyway, they've since like changed that cover like three times. <laughs> but, <laughs> Which is a bit of a shame. I liked that cover and the larger I did too. size. Yeah. Yeah. It always happens, it doesn't nice. it? They get rid of. It they always get rid of your favourite covers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the new ones, but uh, yeah, I, I'll always remember that one because I sort of just—I was a very simple manicure, and I just added a rainbow to some pale blue nails. And from there, I think I just sort of started challenging myself to do more detailed covers, like something like the Diviners by Libba Bray. Again, we have a really awesome cover here in Australia. Yeah, the cover is—they haven't changed. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah. I've got it. Like, it's so much nicer than the American one. It is, and the American covers have now had three or four cover changes, and all I see on Goodreads are people complaining about it because they seem to get worse and worse every yeah. cover change. So that actually really bugs me shame. sometimes. Like when you like, because in case you don't know, Goodreads is the best because you can like scan mm. the barcode of your yeah. book. So sometimes mm. I'll scan it, and I'm like, "That's not the cover I have," <laughs> and it really yeah, bugs it's me. Funny, isn't it? Yeah, I don't especially know how that American works. versions go on yeah. first, and they mm. tend to dominate the the versions and you always have to look for the Australian version 
but yeah, I think um, we were lucky that Alan and Unwin have stuck to oh, the cover and so hopefully beautiful. they keep it free. Mm. And I remember looking at that and saying to my boyfriend, I want to paint this tiny little tarot card. He was like, oh no, that's, you know, that's way too detailed yeah. or too tiny. You won't be able to do it. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And yeah, just watch me. Time, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look back at it now and I would love to redo it because obviously my details have gotten a lot finer and better but at the time I was really really happy with it because I thought I'd actually move from just matching the color into actually trying to incorporate details from the cover onto nails so mm. yeah that's a really good idea you should there. revisit some of your earlier ones mm. Mm. <laughs> redo them <laughs> I think so because yeah I look back at them now and I just sort of laugh at them <laughs> you know at the time I was like yes I've done a great job and it's and it's nice to look back and see your progress which is what I try and tell anyone who wants to do the same thing I still get people saying oh I could never do it or I wish I could do it and it's all about starting everyone yeah. starts somewhere practice. no one's going to sit down yeah exactly you've got to practice and uh, just I've done over 200 manicures now like bookish manicures wow, and you know it just develops over time and each time you do one you can notice that you're you know improving or learning something different or a new way of doing it so yeah it's definitely just about starting and having a go and just enjoying it yeah I don't even think I could paint my nails properly when we first started talking and then I was like I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this a go I'm gonna give this a go and I got more nail polish not quite as much as you though how how much nail polish do you own now uh oh <laughs> I haven't counted in a while uh it's probably oh I don't want to misquote uh like hundreds and it's, I've got too much. I would definitely say, you know, I never say anyone has too many books, but I definitely have too much nail polish. Well, yeah. nail polish can go off and stuff too. So, I mean, there's a practical yeah. consideration yeah. there as well. Yeah, <laughs> so it's definitely something, that was something I started again, like I said, when you get into a hobby, you suddenly go, you know, really deep into it. So it's like with book buying, if you start book blogging, suddenly you buy all the books and with nail polish, it was just buying every single shade, which mm. is helpful in that I really do like to match colours properly to the covers. Mm. But at the same time, you spend a lot of time sort of with FOMO and wanting to buy everything when really, you know, it's not about that. You don't mm. need to have hundreds of bottles of nail polish to do this. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking of actual nail polish brands as well being vegan you always are buying vegan and cruelty free nail polish what are some of your favorite brands if people are looking to buy ethically oh great um so there are a couple of australian brands that i really like there's a brand called kester black and they're not only uh, vegan and cruelty free they're also organic and they i think all their packaging like they have a really great world view and are just trying to do things the best and most ethical way they can and they're available online and in some small stores and another brand is pretty serious cosmetics which is a small privately owned Australian company and they also ship overseas and again they are vegan and cruelty free and they have a really great range of covers and they come out with really fun collections and I used to think Butter uh, no I don't know if Butter London is still vegan it the problem is oh, okay. things change all the time yeah well, this is the thing some you email a company and someone replies to you and they put it in writing and then you say okay great everybody guess what this company is okay mm. and then someone else can write to them months later and someone says no we've never said that we're not mm. cruelty free and it's just you never know I suppose who's replying to your emails is it just the person at the front desk or have they actually gone and checked so yeah. sometimes I don't like to quote so I will just say there are some really great resources there's a website called Logical Harmony and 
there's another one called Choose Cruelty Free, which is Australian, and mm-hmm. it's really great just to sort of keep updated and, and for people just to do their research if that's something they want to look into. Yeah, yeah. So what's the process for you when, when you get a really like a nice shiny new book with a really awesome uh, cover? How do you choose, you know, what you're going to incorporate and what you're going to leave out to make a manicure? Okay, so I definitely sort of look at any design that I've sort of added to the cover. If it's a photo on a cover, it's not usually something I want to paint and usually because I don't think I have the skills, especially if it's a face, Mm. I tend to avoid that. Plus, sometimes, (laughs) yeah, it's just too hard and Mm -hmm. there are some great people who can do that online and um, I guess it's the same thing. It's just about developing your talent. But I prefer illustrated covers or covers with sort of design elements on them that would make good nail art because often too I like to think about what actually will look good on nails. Not everything looks good as an as a manicure. Like it can look a bit funny having a face painted on your nails. So <laughs> I much prefer designs and patterns that can sort of stand alone so that if you don't have the book on you and someone sees your nails, they don't sort of say what is that? Why do you have that on your nails? <laughs> so I try and I spend a lot of time thinking about it. Like I prefer to have a lot of time to think and to come up with different designs because sometimes I'll come up with a design and then think, no, I really need to incorporate something else or break it up a little bit and have a few accent nails. So I try and think about it as much as I can. And then I, as I said, I like to really match the colours. So all my nail polish I have painted on swatch sticks and divided by colour. So in as sort of natural light or daylight, I will try and match the cover as best as possible or use the closest colour. And I usually draw it out as well. You can find little templates online or you can just sketch the shape of five nails and I'll usually plan it out, especially for something that's very detailed so that I don't sort of get halfway through and realise I've gone off on a tangent and I haven't painted what I intended to paint or I've mixed the nails up. And then, yeah, then it's just about starting and sometimes I'll alter it as I go, but most of the time I can stick to it if I've thought enough about it and planned it out. I will just stick with what I originally did. Yeah, and I, this is really probably going to be a tough question, but what's your favourite cover that you've done? Oh, actually, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> I've got um, – I just did a video that was like about favourites of this year and mm. and I've just painted a new manicure that I really love. I think it's going to go up this week. And so my absolute favourite thing to paint is anything sort of floral or leaves or – just a really intricate pattern and my favorite probably I'll say of this year but probably of all time is the Essex Serpent by Sarah Perry and it is just the most beautiful cover and it's I've just read a recent book and it's reminded me that it's inspired by William Morris who was someone around in the 1800s and he did lots of architectural work and design work and it's a really gorgeous cover and they've come out with three different editions of it I think I want to own them all (laughs) yeah Uh, and so I love that one and more recently the one that'll go up this week is uh, but then I came back by Estelle Law and the cover is actually quite plain but I've taken the flowers that they have used in the cover and turned it into a floral sort of design and Mm. I just really really love it so I'm really happy with that one Oh, we'll we'll um link photos of those when oh, on the on the website. Um, you've also we we 
um, have also had Danielle Binks on talking about the Love Oz YA oh, yeah. anthology, and I saw that you did some nails to match that cover. Oh, um, yes, I should mention that one. Yeah. That is such a nice cover. Oh, it is yeah, beautiful. It's a beautiful cover. We were talking and to her about the design and oh, so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Of the letterettes. Yeah. yeah they're yeah, so yeah. talented. Yeah. Um, but I, like, wanted to ask, you know, you, you've um, met a couple of authors and a couple have asked you to do nails and stuff. What's that like? Because, you know, you, you love books and it's, yeah. do you still get a thrill when you're like, oh, my gosh, someone's asking me to do their nails, like. <laughs> yeah, it's really it is really lovely. I remember when I first started, I didn't tweet authors or or let them know. I would just put it on Instagram and, and leave it at that. And I remember a couple of years in, I think it was Lee Bardugo realised that I'd done nail art for Shadow and Bone, and I did a couple of different manicures for that series. And she, I think, was tweeting about it. And then I think also Mari Lou tweeted about it and I and they were sort of like I can't believe you're doing this you know why didn't you tell us and I said oh I just sort of felt like it was a bit too like hey look at me like you know like a little kid who's done a painting and they're desperate for the teacher to have a look and tell them what good work they've done so yeah. I just didn't want you know and I know some authors don't like uh you know reading reviews so I never yeah, tag authors in reviews and the problem is on my blog I've got the nail art with the review. So what I started doing was tagging the authors on Instagram where it's just the photo and no review. But, I mean, most of the time I like the book anyway. It's not like I'm trashing their book mm. on my blog and then painting the nails and hoping for praise. So like, this book is beautiful, I... but, man, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not a very nice thing, is it? Um, so it's really lovely. There are still some authors. So now I always tag an author and most of them respond really, like, really positively some never respond at all and some of them you know it's probably just I know there are lots of people who don't like nail art and you know think it's a complete waste of time which is fine you know everyone has opinions on on different things but most authors are really really thrilled especially if they love their cover to see it painted and so I have given some authors uh, sets of the nails as gifts and that's that's always really lovely when you know that it's something that they really want and yeah it is lovely to be asked to paint nails and to know that they would like that and uh yeah it's just it's really nice especially you know when an author really loves their book Mm. and I guess like when you as a reader really enjoyed that book as well because like you said you're not doing it for books that you didn't enjoy so Yeah. yeah to be able to connect with the author of a book you really enjoy like that must be great yeah it is and just to let them know like it's just one more thing to sort of you know, if people see the manicure, maybe the cover will stick in their mind a little bit more and the next time they're out, they might see it and think, oh, I think I heard that that book was good and hopefully they'll buy a copy. So yeah. it's just another little way of promoting the book and the author and hopefully making it memorable to anyone who might see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're also kind of working on your own writing projects. You had a video up recently about that on the blog and we'll, we'll link to that as well but um do you mind telling us a little bit about you know what projects you're working on sure I have always said because I think if you're a book blogger a lot of people either have it in their twitter or blog bio that they're also a writer or people will assume you're a writer or will ask you if you're writing Mm. and so for about six years I've always said to people who ask me that no I'm not a writer but you realise after six years of writing reviews that you actually spend a lot of time writing so (laughs) in fact you are a writer even though there's a little sort of imposter syndrome happening where you don't want to admit to it. And I think it took me a long time to realise that I did want to actually write a novel. And I 
first got the real sort of idea and sort of tinkered around with ideas for a while and every now and again I'd wake up with just a snippet of something in my head and I would write it down just freehand in the back of a notebook and save it but last year about mid-year I had an idea and that was sort of inspiring enough to get me to write for a couple of months and I've sort of gone up and down with sort of writing I think I when NaNoWriMo was on I did it unofficially I just wrote I didn't actually join the website or anything and then this year I finally uh, finished it in January and February I wrote every day and that was a really great way of just getting the first draft done and getting the words out and since then I've started editing so it's just a contemporary Australian YA novel which is the kind of book I love to read it's our favorite too (laughs) exactly like you know you tend I think you know people say write what you love and Mm. that's what I love and I suppose uh, I suppose it was inevitable like if you spend so much time around a certain topic or subject you eventually attempt a go at it and yeah. so I that's what we're doing with this podcast <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. we're both so huge like, podcast yeah, reading fans. writing yeah. podcasts yeah you same with youtube like if you watch enough yeah. of it there's, there's a part most for most people i think some people will always be happy to just be a reader or just be the listener or the watcher and then other people you're doing it because i think it's a concept that's called like being the shadow artist is that you surround yourself by something that you want to do but you're usually either just holding back from doing it, either out of fear or other reasons, and then it's just about taking that leap and saying, you know what, I could do this too. Because mm. really, if anyone can do anything, you can do it too. So, yeah, so it's been a great process to write. I found writing really enjoyable, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to just editing it and making it better and seeing what happens. Oh, that's, that's really, really cool. exciting. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> that's so cool. Um and, you know, while we're talking about YA and contemporary, what is it that you love about reading and, and now writing YA? I think it's just such an important time in a person's life is your teenage years and you're gaining independence, but you're also still, you know, if you're living at home, you've still got to sort of live by your house rules, but you're also starting to plan for your future and you know, most people are dreaming of where they're going to go and what they're going to do with their life. And you also have a lot of innocence and naivety and you're carefree most of the time. You know, this is all generalising, but, you know, mm. most of the time you've got like, it's such a different attitude to once you grow up. But you're also so eager. You just you can't wait to be an adult. Yeah. And it's like, if only you knew what it's like to be an adult. Oh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think, I think that's what a lot of people like about it is that it's just, it's, it just tackles different issues than sort of adult fiction or literary fiction does. And it's, I suppose it's just all the possibilities that you have when you're a teenager and life just seems really big and undiscovered. So I think that's what I like about it. I definitely read more YA now as an adult than I did as a teenager when I was reading adult fiction. So I find that funny. Yeah, Yeah, we've both said that too. Yeah, that's us too. Uh And I'm not sure, like for me, it was an accessibility thing. Like that's what was in my school library. So that's what Uh I started reading. Uh But I think generally YA now is more of a thing than when we were at that age. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, it has not been that long. I'm not really, (laughs) you know, barely an adult, but I think it's, you know, it's just gotten so much bigger and bigger and bigger and that when I was actually in high school and in these like, you know, early teenage years and all this kind of thing, like Uh it wasn't 
as big as I think as it is now, or maybe I just wasn't aware of it. Yeah, but maybe we're more thing, aware because we're part of this community. Mm, like yeah. it's yeah, because we're in it now. But at yeah. the same no, time, I agree. I think yeah, it's definitely being marketed more as a thing. Like back yeah. in high school, it was just like here are some books that they didn't categorize and they weren't mm, telling yeah. us. Or oh, these are teenager books. Like it was just like read this and. I guess, yeah. yeah, I was completely unaware. Like, I didn't think of books as adult or teenage or whatever. You just yeah, you sort they of were thought just of there. picture books and then mm. there were just books, you know. So it's definitely much more of like a category that can be marketed now. Yeah. But I agree. Like, I look at events that we have now, like book events and launches. When I was a teenager, I wasn't going to book events or I wasn't looking out for my favourite authors. Like, it, I just don't feel like it was a thing. Like, mm. I would never have sort of yeah, gone into the city to a book launch and there weren't – yeah, I just – I, don't, I think it's definitely much more of a thing now, which is great. Like, yeah, it's great yeah. for teens now. I mean, it um, certainly I is. love. I actually love what they're doing in the UK with the Zoella Book Club as oh, well, yeah. because I mean, like, there has been some negative comments, mostly from adults who are like, "Oh, the teens should be reading, you know, more mm. literary fiction." But I mean, if if, if who cares what they're oh, reading I as know, long like, as they're reading? If people are watching Zoella and are like, "Oh, hey, this is Zoella's book club. I'm going to pick up some books and read." That's great. Mm. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there needs to be less of people telling people what to read and how to read. And, yeah, anyone should be happy whether someone's just reading short stories or graphic novels or comics or books, whatever it is. Like mm. if someone's reading, even if you only read one thing a year, that's better than nothing. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and no unfortunately that's anyone. better than a lot of people, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So I think anything that they can do to get people into reading, like it should be a good thing, you know. All authors want more book sales, so if we mm. can encourage people to read, then that should be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um what are you what are you reading right now? What are you loving right now that you've read recently? Uh some of my late late favorites have been uh Still Life with Tornado by AS King. Yep. Uh, that was really, really, really good. Uh, she's such a brilliant writer. And then some Australian titles were My Life as a Hashtag. By <gasps> yes, we, we both, both love it. <laughs> <laughs> How good was that? Oh, that was just so such good. a perfect example of, and I think really relevant, like perfect example yes. of what I remember being as a teen. But it yeah. felt, you know, it was definitely modern. It wasn't, mm. you know, it was set now. But it's so relatable even as an adult now. And then it was so current with all the, you know, the internet things and mm. social media and bullying yeah. online. And I completely it, agree. And it was a cautionary tale without being like, you young kids today should know better. Like it was like, hey, this yes. is what happens, but we all make mistakes. And as yeah. adults, we yeah. can do it too. Like, exactly. yeah, it, oh, was, yeah. it was definitely not like a telling you what to do book. It was, yeah, yeah. it was really yeah, smart, clever. That. It was so funny. Oh, it was so well done. Oh, like, yeah, really, I Rick, so like reading it, <laughs> reading it, obviously, because yeah. it was, like, set in high school and the characters are younger than all of us. But I was, like, bits and pieces, I was, like, oh, my God, that happened to me. Like, yeah. Or that happened to one of my yeah. friends. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, brilliant book. And I just exactly. I, I just yeah. love the way Gab writes as well. Yeah. His, um, I know, Mandy, you've, you've read this. I don't think Caitlin has, but um, the – the girl the guy the artist and his ex um was so good too like just books you can sit down with and spend just carve a whole chunk of your day and just be like i'm just gonna read and enjoy this book and they are just awesome 
Yeah. Yeah, she's so good. Oh, yeah. We love you, Gabrielle. <laughs> we really do. We really do. And I always yeah. like, I, and I know you would appreciate this too, Mans, but a, a sneaky Beatles reference. And I mean, she wrote a whole book yeah. called Beatle Meets Destiny as well. Yeah, I would so. love to reread that. That oh, is one of the books I need that to. I read probably before I gained the confidence to sort of start reviewing and stuff. So, and I've always kept a review notebook, but I think for that book, I've written just a couple of words and that's it. So I'd love to reread that because it's a book that, yeah, I read so long ago that it's definitely due for a reread. Yeah, I'm, I, well, I'm looking to buy a copy because that is one of the very few teen books that I actually read from my school library. And oh. it was because my librarian was like, Michelle, I know you love the Beatles. Look at this book. And I was like, oh. <laughs> that oh, sounds like well, yeah I said I think I mean you mentioned that online didn't you that you're hunting yeah. for it yeah there is a huge lifeline book fair next week it's one of the really big ones um in Sydney and it's actually on for four days because I think because it's during school holidays they're doing it during the week and the weekend oh wow so I will go oh. and I will look for you thank you I'm sure that's how I found my copy too I'm pretty sure you can't find it anywhere else yeah so. I think they're out of print now which is such yeah. a shame because Gab's books uh-huh. are so great but thank you that would yep. be awesome I would love that and if not I'm gonna troll lifeline book fest young tree and stuff but yeah it's a shame we don't have as many here yeah you are so lucky you get all the good ones Mandy and and people seem to like like because um Mandy's taken me to a couple of them when I've been in Sydney Mm. they get really good YA books like Uh yeah it's, it's really good stuff our... Well, it kind of makes me think. I'm like, who are these people giving away all these wonderful YA novels? But at the same time, it's like, good, give them yeah. away. Yes, I, I want to read them. them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm very torn yeah. when it comes to that. <laughs> Although I have yeah. to say, um, we we have a Lifeline Book Fest here. It's a lot smaller, obviously, but we yeah. do have one every year. And I took my younger brother this year, and he oh. found he bought more books than I did. And I was like, so oh, cute though, so proud. <laughs> That's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so nice. It was very funny, though, because they had all these boxes stacked up, like, behind the tables that hadn't been unpacked, and there were all these people oh, yeah. over there rummaging through the boxes, and I was like, yes, let's go look at what's in the boxes. And there were so many secondhand Harry Potter ones. Like, I – there was another couple – a couple of girls that um, we were sort of looking in the same boxes, and uh-huh. they were getting the Harry Potter ones or something, and they um, put aside a copy of – philosopher's stone and i'd actually previously lost my copy and i was like are you gonna take this i'll take it and i was like because you don't see secondhand harry potter books anymore mm. i think it was a bit of a phase when people read them and maybe got rid of them or whatever but now people keep people them. keep them mm. yeah because yeah. i guess they're thinking of like collect they're like becoming collector's items and things but yeah, yeah i definitely see them at lifeline and there'll definitely be some usually in varying states of like good condition yeah yeah right, well that's always, always the trick isn't it too of stuff and i just see the boxes and think what could be in there i could walk out of the book there today and then they'll put more stock on the table and what have i missed out on oh i know that's exactly oh, what i think never ending um have you got any other recent favorites uh ballad for a mean girl by vicky wakefield she's oh. another wonderful yep. uh, australian author i think that's oh yeah it's both that's her fourth book and that was gabrielle's fourth book as well so yeah. they've been writing for years now and they are just so talented ballad was really great um, oh mandy it's really it's you beautiful. who got me into reading vicky wakefield too because i think you oh. sent me friday brown for my birthday and oh it's so good but I was crying so on the plane. Really, it's so sad, but it's beautiful. So yeah, and I love in between days as well. Yeah, but ballads yeah. a little bit like I think I was reading. Was it your review? I think was saying like it's a little bit 
chilling like it's a little bit of a thriller a little bit of a different tone yeah I think I've heard that maybe Vicky's into horror and which is not something I'm into I'm not a horror fan because I'm such a scaredy cat but <laughs> oh my god uh, same yep <laughs> I wouldn't say this is horror it's just got like a sort of a mysterious element to it and it's a bit of uh, an unreliable narrator you're not sure is she actually being haunted or is this something she's making up or is it something that is sort of happening to her in her mind so it definitely wasn't too scary I wasn't sitting around thinking oh god I can't read this <laughs> but uh, it was just really mysterious and it sort of had me guessing right up until the end and right at the end I was like oh <gasps> Oh, it just sort of really hit my heart and I was just like, you know, in true Vicky style, you just feel all the emotions like so strongly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually speaking of horror though, like I know you're not a horror fan, but you do love Stephen King. I do. Yes. <laughs> I do love Stephen King. I think I discovered him. That's one of the things someone recently asked me, oh, which was your first Stephen King book? And I, I really can't remember because I, I can't remember if I found him at the library or if it was something a friend had lent me, but it was one of his first, like, no, actually not one of his first because he's been writing for so many years, but it was something, either The the Gunslinger, which I'm really excited about because it's finally being made into a movie like 15, 20 years after publication, uh, or it was maybe one of his, like, collections of novellas or maybe The Green Mile because I remember that originally came out in little, like, novella styles, I think. And, yeah, I've just always loved his writing. I tried to start a project where I would read all of his books because I saw, I think, The Guardian in the UK was doing that and they had a reviewer who was working their way through Stephen King novels. And I wanted to do it chronologically, but he's just got so many books and I sort of abandoned yeah. that project. I'd like to go back to it, but um, I think reading all of his books at once was probably a bad idea, <laughs> uh, especially via yeah. audiobook. They don't have the best narrators, some of the older uh, audio books um, the narrators are just not pleasant to listen to so I'd love to go back to that because he's just such a good writer and of course he has on writing which is a fantastic resource for anyone who wants to write and it's if you don't have a copy it's like quoted online everywhere so it's definitely something to look out for if anyone wants some writing advice yeah because you you really um you know found a lot of um, advice in that didn't you when you were working on your yeah. manuscript I think he's just he's very practical about it I mean and you know that he's been doing this for so long it's not something that he's just sort of making up he's just telling you mm. how it's worked for him and obviously you know it's like people who want to be the next JK Rowling you know not everyone's story is going to be best-selling author of you know 40 novels but <laughs> I think he's just really practical about his advice and he's just sort of no nonsense so that's something that people like it's a really good uh, resource yeah. Um, and if there was one book that we were going to read this year, what should it be? Oh, well, see, the book I'm waiting on, so I haven't even read it yet, but I, <laughs> but I think we should all read it, and that is Take Three Girls oh, by Kath Crowley, yes. Simone Howe, and Fiona Wood. And, I mean, they're all separately fantastic authors, like three of my absolute favourites, and I've been waiting for this book I think I interviewed uh, Fiona for a podcast that I did back in the day, like oh, three yes. years ago. Was it um, Ladies of YA? Yeah, the <laughs> Ladies of YA. And I interviewed Fiona and she let slip that they were working on a book. So for three years I've been waiting for this <laughs> marvellous book and I am sure, I have no doubt, it will be like fantastic. So that comes out in September. Um, but obviously I haven't read it. I just know that we're it's all going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think that would be my pick. Other than that, it would be the favorites that I mentioned. Mm. Just, yeah. <laughs> I just think any of those would be 
great reads. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, for sure. Well, we actually have now to, to finish off this episode. We have a game. Yep. Caitlin, Caitlin is the master of our little games, so I'm going to just yep. pass her our sheet okay. with all our questions on it. <laughs> so we're going to play Would You Rather. Okay. Okay, so would you rather never be able to paint your own nails again, ever again, yeah. but be able yeah. to paint other people's nails or like fake nails, which I know you do for the nail art, um, uh-huh. or only ever be able to paint your own nails so you can never paint anyone's nails ever again or the other fake nails it's your nails or everyone else oh i don't know uh i mean i like when i have nice nails but it is nice to be able to do the the plastic ones so that i can give them as gifts so i'll go with i'd rather be able to paint other people's nails Yes, so you're going to have bare nails for the rest of your life now. I hope you (laughs) know that. Mandy has really nice nails, though, so that's not a problem. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's 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 a good choice because then you can have a business too. I'll be generous. Yeah, Yeah, do other people. Share your gifts. Yeah. (laughs) I think we usually answer the would you rather questions as well, but this is kind of a pointless one for us to answer. It's a bit more specific to you. Yeah, we um, obviously (laughs) don't have the talents that you do. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, yes. I will make the sacrifice yes. and never paint anyone's nails ever again. <laughs> You're so kind. I'm, I'm like, I'm barely getting mine done, but, you know, yes. I'm just going to stick with mine. I probably have only ever painted, like, my siblings' Have you nails. painted Harry's nails? Oh, we used to when he was, like, four, you know. Like, we haven't Aww. done that in years. But, you know. Now's when... the time. Aww. I'm sorry, Harry. <laughs> but, you know, you when. Practice on him. Well, like, when you younger or whatever like he has yeah. two sisters he just wanted to he just had play to, he yeah. just wanted to play so and that's what we were doing yeah. so that's what he had to do to him. <laughs> oh, excellent well thank you so much for joining us mandy well, thank you so much for having me and congratulations and good luck with it i know everyone's gonna love listening to you guys talk about books oh thank you and thank you. where can people find you if they want to follow you which you know they should already be following you but if they're not where can they find you <laughs> Uh, if they Google the bookish manicurist, you can find me at thebookishmanicurist.blogspot.com, and I'm also on Instagram as the bookish manicurist, as well as books and manicures. Twitter is book manicurist because it was too long for the Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, and, Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, it's too short. And YouTube is cook, read, create. Excellent. Thank Fantastic. you so much. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks so much to Amanda for joining us. We love talking to you and I hope that you all loved listening, got a bit of insight, perhaps inspired to go paint your nails. <laughs> I know we are. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes and any other Android-friendly apps that we are now on, including Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, um, If there is any that we're not on that you're using, please let us know. And if you want to let us know, you can find us on all the social media channels at Better Words Pod. And you can also check out our website, betterwordspodcast.com. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.